If it's nerdy, we're into it. Gaming, movies, television, wrestling, comics, whatever. We are Kyle Eckert and Chris Heck, two lifelong friends with a passion for the world of geekery. And this is the Geek Catch-Up Podcast. What's good, Geek Catch-Up listeners? I'm Kyle Eckerd. And I'm Chris Heck. And you are listening to Season 2, Chapter 32. We are incredibly excited for today because the time has arrived for the half-season check-in of our second annual Retro Sports League Challenge. And before we get started, we want to take a moment, as always, to say thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, go check us out on social media, Geek Catch-Up Podcast on Facebook and YouTube, at Geek Catch-Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of these accounts are available on our website, geekcatchuppodcast.com, and there's even a link to our Patreon and PayPal if you'd like to support the show. Of course, if you already follow us and would like to help us spread the love of geekery, we ask that you leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform and share us with your friends and family. The Retro Sports League Challenge is a concept we introduced in Season 1 where Chris and I each play season mode of a given old-school sports video game, then compare our win-loss record stats and other key categories, all in hopes of both of us winning our individual seasons and championships to then have a final showdown between ourselves. Last year, we played a shortened 26-game season of Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball on the Super Nintendo. Chris took all the glory while my heart got completely broken, but definitely go check out chapters 4 and 9 to get the full scoop. However, this year we are back with a new game and, thank goodness, a much shorter season. This year we elected to play a modded 2015 version of the original Nintendo Mega Classic Tecmo Super Bowl, an arcade-styled American football game that is truly one of, if not the greatest sports video game of all time. It was released in December of 1991 and developed and published by Tecmo. Tecmo Super Bowl was the follow-up to the wildly popular 1987 arcade and 1989 NES game Tecmo Bowl. And while Tecmo Bowl did include real names and certain likenesses, it was actually Tecmo Super Bowl that takes the crown as the first sports video game to ever be licensed by the National Football League as well as the National Football League's Player Association. This key distinction allowed the game to feature accurate team and player names along with attributes. All previous games would use fake names or substitutes of some kind, very similar to what we saw in Griffey Presents where the teams and cities were real, but only Ken Griffey Jr. himself used a real name. This meant that all 28 NFL teams at the time were represented with expanded rosters. The gameplay is seemingly straightforward as with most NES games. You've got two buttons, an A and a B, along with a D-pad. Each down, the offense is presented with eight plays, four runs, and four pass. The offense makes their selection, as does the defense, and from there it plays out like a standard American football game. Tecmo Super Bowl itself, though, features several game modes, including preseason or exhibition, a one-off Pro Bowl game, and season mode that has a full-length schedule, including playoffs and Super Bowl. In season mode, players have the ability to control as many teams as they would like manually or via the coach option where you choose the plays and the CPU executes. The sheer depth of this game is remarkable as well. Despite being made in the late 80s, early 90s, the game is true 11v11 American football with trackable stats, substitutions, player health ratings, injuries, and adjustable playbooks. One could easily see why Tecmo Super Bowl has the cult classic status that it does. 
IGN has it rated in their top 100 games of all time, ESPN named it the greatest sports game of all time, and PC Magazine ranked it in the top 10 of the most influential video games ever. It has produced multiple sequels on consoles ranging from the 16-bit SNES Genesis era all the way through to the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, but its true legacy actually lives on through countless emulator mods. Dedicated fans taking modern NFL rosters and stats, then making their own updated versions of the game. It's those fans that are allowing Chris and I to add our special twist to this season of the Retro Sports League Challenge. Using our modified NES Classic emulators, we're playing Tecmo Super Bowl, but with 2014-15 rosters. Chris has taken his Cam Newton-led Carolina Panthers, while I'm rolling with Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get into our emulators and why we chose those teams here in a bit, but let's first chat about the original Tecmo Super Bowl and our history with football video games in general. So Chris, we've been playing football and sports video games pretty much since we started picking up controllers. So when was your first experience with Tecmo Bowl and and your history with, you know, football video games in general? I was trying to think back on this because I am about 99% sure that I didn't personally own Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl um, on the NES or the SNES. Okay. And so I was actually thinking about this because with with football video games in general, like I remember owning, you know, Madden's going back to, you know, 94, 95 the NFL quarterback clubs that came out on SNES yep. and and a lot of those type games, but just Tecmo Super Bowl, I don't think I personally owned as a kid. So if I had to peg when I first played it, it was probably at somebody else's house like yours yeah. or one of our other friends, maybe Sean or something like that. Because, I mean, it was obviously super popular, super common, but I know that since my original NES that was given to me was from my grandfather and he was not really into sports games. Like I remember having turtles and the original X-Men game and playing games like that Mario, of course. Yeah. And so sports games came a little bit later for me, but I think that this was one that I never got into as much at that time. I don't have that same muscle memory built in with Tecmo like I do with Griffey or NBA jam or, or some of the NHL games that we played a lot more sure. than I, I know I owned. Yeah. And see, I am the total opposite. And and I've said this uh, multiple times, like in my house, sports video games were what we played. That's that's what we did. Right. <laughs> uh, so much like NBA Jam, you know, that, that I've talked about playing in the past. I was always player two. I, I was always playing sports games with my brother. And each sports game kind of had its its chosen, or I should say each sport had its chosen game. So for baseball, we always played Griffey. For basketball, we always played NBA Jam. Uh, in hockey, it, it was usually, you know, NHL or Stanley Cup or something of that nature. Right. But for football, it was always Tecmo Super Bowl. That was always the football game in our house, even in the later years when, uh, I owned Madden 95 on SNES and then Madden 01 for PlayStation 2 and then Madden 05 and 06. But Tecmo was always the game for us when it came to football games. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's obviously going to create some natural nostalgia, you know, right off the bat being that it came out when we were so young. You yeah. Know? So it really was like one of the first ones out there. But also, 
its simplicity and kind of the arcade nature, I think, makes it a lot more attractive and one of the reasons why it's been able to stand the test of time as you saw these other games come out, you know, Madden, NFL Blitz. Like, I mean, there's a ton of fo- the NCAA game, ton of football games. Yeah. But as those games came out and they were trying to innovate and allow the user to, to do more, I think on some of those older consoles where – you know, they were really kind of pushing the limits of what you could actually do or how oh, yeah. quality it would feel, how realistic it would feel. You know, I know when we were evaluating some of the different games to choose for this, we <laughs> checked out Madden 95 again. We checked out Quarterback Club. And, you know, some of them you can't pass the ball. Yeah. You know, so there's just these big issues, even though they may have given you some advantages in other categories, the gameplay itself was harder to pick up. And just didn't feel as good as what yeah. you got in, generally speaking, what is fairly simplistic in Tecmo Super Bowl. No, and that's, I totally agree with you there because football is a complicated sport. And most sports have some degree of complication to them. And getting that to translate properly to a video game to give a realistic feel is actually something Madden is still working towards to this day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And struggles with at times, depending on some of the changes they try to make or the engine they're using. And, you know, to your point, I'm thinking back on um, one of those documentaries from from Netflix recently on the video games. There was a whole section with the guy who started Electronic Arts and talking about how he created Madden. And he was struggling even on the Super Nintendo, think back now, Tecmo Super, Tecmo Super Bowl came out on the original Nintendo in 89, and, or 91, I think. 91, was, yeah. 91. And then Madden started out on SNES, you know, eight extra bits, additional processing power and the whole nine yards, and he still was struggling to figure out how to do more than seven on seven yeah. and all of that. So you think about how much they accomplished, too, yeah. in Tecmo <laughs> Super Bowl in 1991 on an 8-bit system. Oh, yeah, and that's why I've always been so impressed with this game, because it's got so much depth. Like, the original Tecmo Bowl, the arcade and SNES version, the 87, 89 version, was 7v7. It wasn't full. It wasn't a full team. It wasn't a full roster or a full playbook. But Tecmo Super Bowl went full 11v11, you had interchangeable starters, at least on the offensive side. Right. Each team had its own playbook. Each team had its own trackable stats. Like, that is truly remarkable for an early 90s game to... It would have been one thing if you just gave us the rosters. Right. Like, if, yeah. if you just had the <laughs> rosters and nothing else, that would have been really impressive. But then to do rosters with accurate attributes and trackable stats... Well, even the season mode. Yeah. Saving. Yeah. You know, saving wasn't a very common thing on the NES. A lot of it was just done by preset passcodes that you would earn as you beat levels and you'd have to go in and put it back in. Yeah. So just the idea that it saves the game progress, let alone the stats like you mentioned, it, it was a lot of innovation. And and to think, you know, the first one came out in 89, the second one came out in 91. So there really wasn't a huge development window there between the two. And they they really went above and beyond. Well, I think the 89 version of Tech Mobile is a port from the arcade 87 version. Okay, okay, that would make some sense. Yeah, so they, they, they basically, they got it over and then had a couple more development years to, to okay. really go full, 
full bore with Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it's just impressive. We, and it's covered widely in the world of sports. Everybody knows about Bo Jackson oh, yeah. and, and Barry Sanders in the original version and how epic they are because, you know, while they do have appropriate stats, Bo Jackson was legit in real life. Put him right. in a, yeah, put him in the computer. <laughs> Bo knows. Yeah, Bo knows. Like he's, he's going to blow up. So I, thinking about Bo Jackson, we used to play, one of the reasons this game was stuck with me for so long when I was a kid was because I had an older brother and that was the game that he and his group of friends played. So I was always tagging along, you know, being the little brother. Yeah. And then especially as we got older and like I was a bit of a te- you know teenager and then when I was 18, uh, I would go and I would hang out with my brother and his group of friends and they would have tournaments. <laughs> and when they would have tournament nights... Everybody had their selected team that they would play as. My brother was always the Bills, the Buffalo Bills in the original okay. version. Jim Kelly. With Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas. Yeah. Bruce Smith. It was a solid D. That was when they were going to the Super Bowl and, and right. like losing in the Super Bowl for like four years straight. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Big Brian, he was always the Eagles with Randall Cunningham and, you know, scrambling and things like that. Of course, Randall Cunningham isn't in the original game. He's QB Eagles. Right, yeah. Uh, and actually, Jim Kelly is QB Jim Kelly Bills. Too, yeah. yeah, Jim Kelly is QB Bills because they didn't like have a... three of them. And Bernie Kosar. Yeah, Bernie yeah. Kosar is QB B- Browns. I always thought Bernie Kosar was a, it was a weird <laughs> one. Uh, but everyone had their selected team, except you weren't allowed to pick the Niners, and you weren't allowed to pick the Raiders. Too powerful. It was like the, the two rules. Yeah, it was too powerful because Bo Jackson was just unstoppable. Uh, and the the Niners were like crazy legit in that game because they had Joe Mon- they still had Joe Montana starting Steve Young as a backup Jerry Rice Jerry Rice yeah <laughs> all the all the late eighties you know the Forty Nine er glory days Ronnie Lott in the backfield Ronnie yeah interception yeah dude it was crazy so if when we did tournaments it was a no Niners you know, yeah. like that was kind of like the the thing you, you can't no Niners no bow. But everybody else is available. So I used to play as the Chicago Bears. Ooh, that's not a bad one. Yeah, it, the defense was really good. The offense would, would struggle. <laughs> Jim McMahon? Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. Okay. That was, yeah, okay. that was when Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback for the Bears. You know, But they still had Fridge Perry, Richard Dent. Uh, and things, So it, they were still a formidable team. Walter Payton? I don't think Walter Payton was on that team because it wasn't... Um, not at that point. No, no, not Walter Payton. No, but it was not. It was Neil Neil Anderson. Oh, okay, okay. I think, yeah, uh, definitely Anderson. I could be wrong on the first name there, but that's who I used to be. I never won a tournament. <laughs> I, I I never even got close. You know that they were all much older, much more experienced with the game. But either way, the, the game would live on, and and it's through these like these ideas, these iconic players, and it, it helped the game stand the test of time. Yeah, I mean, think about it in. A couple of months here. I know we're in we're in March right now, but I think it was released in December of ninety one. So mm-hmm. towards the end of this year, it's going to be thirty years old. Yeah, and still is just as fun to play. It's really kind of impressive too how how you see so much of what is even into modern day Maddens. Yeah, in this game, like you can see the foundations of just football video games and with sports. Some of that just is natural, right? Because they're copying something that's already been in existence. There's yeah. rules and the way it plays out. But as I 
was playing through the season here and really giving it uh, a lot more attention and time than I had in, in years and years, I just kept having this interesting sense of, you know, these same things happen in Madden 2020. Yeah. You know, I, I play Madden almost every year still to this day. And, you know, there's just certain things about football video games that just have seemed to still persist yeah. all these years later. <laughs> they can't, like, they just, you know, it, it, some of it, like you said, is ingrained in the sport. Right. But some things just could be little weird quirks that you can't can't do anything about. And it's just the way it plays out in a digital space. Well, even as an example, just to give at least an example, you know, even like the passing. If you think back on older video games that were very kind of prescribed, you know, even though some things would happen, like a lot of those older video games were were pattern sets and yeah. and very kind of limited range of what could happen. But when you're in passing, you know, the defenses and the offenses, they react. You know, the yeah. the receiver doesn't run the perfect route every single time. The QB doesn't pass the ball perfectly accurate yeah. every single time. And so it shows that some of those attributes that they worked in, you know, for the players, their stats, their speed, their accuracy, whatever it may be, really actually was making a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's a lot of it is, you know, compared to some other games or just games of that era, I felt like that was something that also kind of helped probably blow some people's minds at the time just because it was actually like you could sit here and play 10, 10 games of Raiders versus Niners and every one of them will be different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's true. The the attributes of, of each player does factor in and we'll get into it a little later when we start talking about our stats specifically. But you're right. Like if your QB doesn't have a high accuracy rating, like you're going to struggle. Like you need to make sure they <laughs> sounds weird on a 1991 original Nintendo game, but you need to plant the feet. Right. <laughs> and before before you hit the pass button, like you can't pass on the move and you got to make sure that the receivers are open there are certain glitches to the game, uh, like the original Tecmo Bowl. I don't think this is a thing in Tecmo Super Bowl, but there was a glitch somebody found in the original Tecmo Bowl where if you passed to a receiver making a slant route, and as long as you passed while they were mid-slant, it was always a completion. Huh, okay. But I have not found that to be true in Tecmo Super Bowl because I have thrown several interceptions. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that that's, that's proven true for me either. You you touched on Madden and like you said you you still play Madden to this day that that's really where the core of I would say your football video gaming comes from. Oh yeah, I mean back when it first first got going with video games, you know you had some of those early edition Maddens that that came out that everybody played just because there wasn't anything else, and then we hit kind of what I think was a little bit of the golden era of football video games, which was that you know end of the nineties beginning of 2000s where you had Blitz, yeah. you had NFL Street, you had some of the best Maddens, you know, as they were moving into consoles that could finally really handle everything that a Madden needs. Yeah, 2K still existed. 2K still existed. That is a great call out. Yeah. I am super pumped for 2K to come back. Yeah. They announced that, you know, last year just to give some competition. 
And and I used to get it bad in every single year. Loved it. Play, you know, we played a ton. We did those tournaments growing up. And as we got into college, sure, uh, played a lot of Madden in college. But the challenge was was that once the competition died, that golden era kind of ended, and we we moved into the monopoly of Madden. Yeah, where you know EA had the rights and nobody else wanted to make games. It's gotten a little bit hit or miss. You know, the the recent ones have had a lot more issues than they probably should have for the power behind them and, right. and everything, the money behind them. But they're still fun. You know, it's still a quality experience most of the time. Yeah. Well, and we, we've talked about this, I think, with FIFA, where innovation starts to decline a little bit in right. what they're doing, and they, they put their money and their stock in other parts of the game, like Ultimate Team. Right. And... And then you start to see things get carried over and new mechanics go by the wayside or they throw in skins from 2017. And if you zoom real far in on the crowd, you can see that they're just reusing parts of old games. And uh, But you're right. Hopefully with 2K coming back, it it brings in competition, yeah. which is, is good for an industry because it's going to drive it forward. Yeah, it's needed. And it's needed in sports games. You know, the challenge with madden right now is that they can put out whatever they want and it doesn't matter yeah what happens it doesn't matter how good the gameplay is or how glitchy it is you know they're still going to sell a bunch because nobody has any options yeah and so that'll be a big push people always look at it and they're like oh well it's sports how do you innovate there's we've seen it over the years there's tons of ways to innovate sports games and do them in some different fashions but the main core aspect that has to be done right is the gameplay. And I think that's something that Electronic Arts in the last few years has kind of lost where they put this time into a story mode or the ultimate teams or whatever it may be, and they half-ass them, just to be right. real honest. And none of them blow you away. And then they also struggle with the gameplay. And I think I'm going to tie it back here to Tecmo Super Bowl. I think that it's there's a lesson to be learned <laughs> in Tecmo Super Bowl for the electronics arts guys, because the reason why this one game in 8-bit stands the test of time still is that the gameplay is the number one aspect of oh, it. Oh, yeah. It is about what you do on the field and that and that flow and that fun time, you know. Yeah. It, it's all about gameplay and everything else is just slight fluff. Yeah. And I feel like we need to see, you know, Madden get back to that. Well, and I know an exact moment in Tecmo Super Bowl that brings a smile to my face. It never gets old. You always get a joy out of it. And it's doing the play action pass and you're rolling out up top <laughs> and you and you either see your streaking receiver down the line and you hit a bomb. It feels so good. Or that's being covered and you hit the dump off in the center of the field. Like, and it's just mm, like it, it, that mechanic and that gameplay keeps you coming back time after time uh and another thing that keeps you coming back time after time is these modded versions right because as cool as the old school game is the fans the dedicated fans out there that have created these modified versions with updated rosters have kept the game fresh as well so you know we are playing a modded version of tecmo super bowl uh we're playing with 2014-15 rosters using our nes classic emulators uh, which have just been really cool because it, it puts a, a fun twist. We keep using like a, a twist, but it keeps it fresh. Yeah, definitely freshened it up. And we talked a lot about which 
year we were going to play. And, you know, we even talked about using Bo Jackson and some of those guys and going back to the original, which was very tempting. But we thought bringing it up a little bit would make some sense and just kind of make it a little bit more with the times, you know, relevant, I guess, with some of the current rosters and, and players still being in the NFL uh, obviously, we went back a few years, so you know, 2015. That was for some of the roster choices. Of course, Andrew Luck on, on Kyle's beloved Colts is no longer there, and so we wanted to include some of those guys just for the fun of it. So we went 2015, but the emulators have been great. I, I think the number one aspect, especially if anybody listened to uh, what happened during our first Geek Catch-Up Retro Sports League Challenge and the Griffey games that we were playing on legit you know, old school consoles or some of the remakes that can play some of the old school consoles. Like there was some struggles there and they were hardware driven. Oh yeah. So using the emulator definitely cuts through some of that. It's a lot more reliable yet. You're still getting the same experience. Yeah. The having your season reset in the middle of it, which is why (laughs) I highlighted like, it's just nice that it's a shorter season because 26 games was a lot last year, especially with, the hardware problems, we were constantly in fear that our cartridges were going to reset. We were going to lose all our stats and have to start over. Uh, that happened to me on several occasions. Definitely go check out last season's Retro Sports League and, and get the full scoop. But it, it was those were heartbreaking moments. So using the emulator has has given you a little bit of a safety net, just having save files. Yeah, well, I mean, I played 26 games last season. You played like 60. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, I might as well just played a full MLB season at, at that right. rate. Yeah, My fingers hurt. I, I can't believe, yeah, go check it out. There, there was a weekend <laughs> where I had to blitz and might feel like my thumb still hurts from it. I'm sure, I'm sure. But definitely got to give a shout out to the Retro Game Fans page on Facebook because their admins are the ones that actually built the emulators that Kyle and I use. They are super cool. They they build them into the NES Classic or SNES Classic yeah. uh, consoles. So like those mini console reissues with the HDMI out and all of the the games on there and the save files, the additional functionality that they that Nintendo put into those. Yeah. So the admins over there are awesome. They are totally worth the money. Our emulators came in, and they look, you know, just like the little systems still, but uh, twenty thousand plus games from forty uh, retro consoles, plus you know, pretty much every classic arcade game that you can think of. Talking Commodore sixty four, NES, Sega Genesis, you know, Game Boy. If you can name it, it Atari, it's all in there. Every version of Game Boy from Game Boy, like original Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy DS, like it's all there. Point and click, keyboard and mouse stuff. Oh, yeah. It's almost overwhelming when you first get it because there's just too many choices to play. But it's even got a bunch of homebrews, hacks, never before released versions of the game. So that's where a lot of uh, the opportunity here for Tecmo Super Bowl 2015 came in because it included it there. So um, definitely go check them out if you're into emulators. Also got to give a shout out because we were introduced to this company when we got the emulators. So for the controllers, you can use a variety of controllers, but our favorite so far has been from 8BitDo, and you can get them off Amazon, but they're a great company making awesome wireless controllers that have kind of a, a modern retro hybrid feel like 
the ones Kyle and I have been using is pretty much like a Super Nintendo classic controller just slammed together with a PlayStation controller. So it's got a yeah. good feel and has been been great to use. So there's our little plug. Well, now I have to ask, is that the controller you use? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't use that controller. Oh, really? You've been using one of the older ones? I have, because I have an NES Classic. Yeah. I ha- And an SNES Classic. I have, like, the the plugs that came with those controllers, which work yeah. on this. So I've been using an actual NES controller. Oh, yeah, you can do that. You know, yeah. I've got the Wii Classic controller, but but I just love that A-Bito controller so much. It just feels so good, and it's wireless and everything, that that's, oh. that's what I've been rolling with. You get the analog sticks in there, that works. No, see, I, I don't. I have to play this game with a D-pad. Uh, like if so I maybe don't that's play the, the secret. <laughs> maybe that's the secret. Yeah, we'll get into stats, but I play this game <laughs> with a, with an actual NES controller because I'm not sure my brain could handle playing it with anything else. Yeah, it's a little different, but I think now that I've played so many of the different games with this specific controller where I've gotten used to having the options for analog or, you know, the the extra two buttons there. You know, my brain's kind of got it to where I can play uh, a regular NES game, you know, with just the A and B and yeah. and the D-pad. But it brought in that modern twist because, you know, you use the stick in Modern Madden. And so I, I do use the stick a lot. And maybe that's my issue. We'll see. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't. That's not how I play my emulator. Like when I go to play an NES game or a Game Boy game, I plug in my nes controller look at you you purist and then when i go to play super nintendo <laughs> yeah i plug in my super nintendo controller but i've said in the past i have small hands so i like the nes the snes controller it fits in my hands better yeah they, i could see that yeah wow so much that ex- yeah that explains so much here so that sets up uh, the game that we've been playing for this season and of course the emulator that we've been using to do it but let's jump over here into the teams we selected and kind of what caused us to to choose the Carolina Panthers and the Indianapolis Colts. So, Kyle, why don't you share just a little bit about um, your history with the Colts? Yeah, yeah. So growing up, we watched a ton of sports in my house. Like it was pretty much the main thing we watched all the time from tennis to football to golf. Like if there was a sporting event on that's what was on the television. We we watched our sitcoms and a couple other shows, but for the most part, it was always some sort of sport on the television. And in most cases, you know, I would say for for most people, their fandoms come from their family right. or some or inherited from somebody that they have some reason. And for most of sports, that that holds true with me, like especially the Baltimore Orioles. I'm from Maryland, but when it came to football, My dad and my family didn't really have a team. So, like, Washington existed at the time. This was pre-Ravens. But my dad was not a Washington fan. Right. So there was just this freedom when it came to football and in watching. And the moment I became a Colts fan was the 1995-96 season. The Colts came in as a five seed into the playoffs, and they were a bit of like a Cinderella. Okay. And they made it all the way to the AFC Championship, where they eventually lost to the Steelers on the final play of the season. Oh, okay. And it, it's, you know, side note, it's actually um, the play that kind of kick-started instant replay type stuff and, and certain rule changes and, th- and things like that. Um, but at that point, like, I was just 
I was nine, ten years old, and I was watching what I thought was a Cinderella story, whether it really was or it wasn't. You know, Jim Harbaugh was the Colt was the quarterback for the Colts at the time, right? Uh, and it just kind of hooked me. Like I just I kind of fell in love with him that playoff run, and from that point on, I was a Colts fan. Obviously, a few years later, they drafted Peyton Manning out of Tennessee, and boom, like perfect time to become a Colts fan. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I think they drafted Manning in like 98. So I had two seasons, but once again, you're like, you're 11, 10, 11, 12. That's that's when your fandoms get cemented in stone. So, you know, fan all through the Manning years, the good and the bad, uh, a lot of glory, but there was also some downtimes and then bring it into the modern era with luck. Uh, And then obviously big fan of Andrew Luck. And now current, modern Colts, like hopefully Carson Wentz works out. <laughs> yeah. A lot to see, you know, especially cause they were good last year. So yeah, we'll have to see new quarterback change and if they can keep that momentum going, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't realize that, that there was no real football team in your family's history. Cause I do remember the, the strong sports background. Yeah. And of course, you know, we all know your brother now is a, a giant Ravens fan. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought you were going to maybe say Pittsburgh or something that your dad was a big fan of or, or whatnot, but I was racking my brain because there was no memories there. And even <laughs> even now, I would say my dad is Ravens leaning. Okay. Like he, <laughs> and I, like that's the best way to put it, but he's not a full-blown Ravens fan. He like doesn't have any gear. My brother, totally different. My brother is a Baltimore Ravens fan. Right. You you meet him and you know. But my dad still, yeah, still to this day. And and I don't know whether it's because he didn't love Washington, uh, you know, but he just kind of like they were on because of local area television. Like that's kind of who you got to watch. It was either that or the Eagles. Yeah, of course. Or, or the Steelers if you were in like Western Maryland. Right. But yeah, he, he just never cemented it. He just enjoys the sport. My dad's very unique in that way when it comes to sports. Like outside of the Orioles and a couple others, he just enjoys competition. Yeah, doesn't care who's playing. Doesn't care who's playing. He, he just wants to watch it and enjoy a good game. Like he, he's almost leans to the side where he has fans that he, he has fandoms in sports teams that he dislikes more than anything <laughs> that he likes. So like obviously he's not a big fan of the New England Patriots. Doesn't like Tom Brady <laughs> all that much. Right. Definitely hates the Yankees. Yeah, but yeah, but it's it's really funny to to kind of see how that played out and i think to some extent that still affects me like am i more of a colts fan or do i you know what do i what's bigger in my life my love for the indianapolis colts or my hatred for the patriots right yeah (laughs) and and like there are years where that is questionable like one could say that i hate the patriots more than i love the colts yeah we all do yeah, but that's me and, and the Colts fan that went on a little longer than I anticipated. But you have a, a different journey with how you became a Panthers fan. It's kind of a similar boat in some ways, but in my household growing up, neither of my parents were too crazy about sports in general. Like, they had no problem with sports, and, and especially with football. Like, I, yeah. most often and during football season, NFL would be on. But my dad was never really... Someone like I, I still to this day couldn't tell you who his favorite team of any kind is, you know, like, yeah, doesn't mind watching it, but just never that kind of person to tie himself to anything. Yeah. My mom was a huge Cowboys fan. Something about that star. Yeah, about <laughs> that star. But I've 
pretty much you know been smart enough to hate the cowboys since i was a young <laughs> babe so that that never caught on you know yeah but she also did that just to spite my grandparents because if anybody in my family was kind of a diehard type sports fan it was my mom's parents and they were both huge washington fans yeah you know uh, okay. family owned season tickets like you know my great uncles and stuff and they would go down all the time and just always watch the games yeah so for me as a kid i didn't know any better you know you kind of pick a team based on random shit you know colors or a player or something cool that you perceive happens so yeah so of course you know in my infinite wisdom (laughs) i choose the tampa bay buccaneers before they were cool right like when they were dismal yeah and were still orange and white with the weird you know three musketeers looking guy on the helmet and it was just because of the colors. You know, I've always been a fan of orange. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, you're seven years old. You just pick something. Like, oh, you know, that, that looks good, right? Yeah. Orange is a good color. Yeah. Orange is a good color. And so that was really about it. You know, I, I was in Maryland, but I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. And and I did get a little bit of payoff because after all those years of sucking, yeah, the year we graduate high school and I leave – was the year that they finally won the Super Bowl after kind of pushing through. They had changed their colors and got way more cool. They had yeah. uh, Mike Allstott and John Lynch and... Gruden. Yeah, Gruden and everybody. So they were like this awesome team. They win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I moved to Charlotte, and I immediately renounced them <laughs> right after they win the Super Bowl. Right. Like, once again, the incredibly intelligent fan I am. <laughs> Because I literally moved down here and I lived right next to Panther Stadium in the practice field. Sure. So, like, I pretty much came in and was like, you know what? I'm a Panthers fan from this day on and have been ever since. So, uh, still in Charlotte, been here 17 years. And so I've seen some ups and some downs. You know, the Super Bowl run a couple of years ago where, unfortunately, you know, they didn't get the win. But um, that really is how I became. So, it was kind of a weird winding turn. I guess some people would call me a turncoat, but yeah. uh, it was it was definitely kind of bittersweet to see the Bucks win another Super Bowl this year. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if it's I could have only held on. Yeah, if you'd I'd only be a Tom Brady on. fan right now. Right, Duke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you could. It, it's hard to live in a city and not be drawn to that team, especially as a sports fan. Like you just they're. It's what's on TV, so you just right. naturally start to root for them. And I'll I'll say that, like, living in Maryland, I actually don't get to see that many Colts games. I see way more Ravens games than I see Colts games. Yeah. So there, there was a period of time where, you know, you naturally start to float towards that team just out of, you know, distance and because of the city you live in. So yeah. I, I think in the end, you'll have, you'll have made the right choice. You didn't want to be a Tom Brady fan anyways. No, maybe I was seeing into the future, but really to your point though, I literally was living right now, like the parking lot for my dorms was right next to the practice field. You could see onto the practice field outside some of the windows. And so it was definitely much of a lot of that of just getting caught up and the Panthers weren't terrible at the time. They weren't top end, but they weren't terrible. Yeah. But you know, there was a lot of excitement and stuff. So it pretty much just made it easy to make that shift and, where we grew up in Maryland, you know, Baltimore, Washington, all of those teams are playing an hour away. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the same proximity or you didn't really have the chance to run into 
a player like I have here multiple times over the years, you know, as you're out and about and things like that, just because, boom, we are right next to it. You're right there. And Carolina was relatively young. Yeah. As as a as a team, like they, they didn't come along until like the 95, 96. Yeah, so it was like a 10-year-old team. A 10-year-old team. And so that, you know, really sucks you in as a as a fan to get on board with a new team and kind of a new organization. I know we've got a good buddy that is, lives in Austin yeah, and he's kind of going through that with FC Austin and MLS. <laughs> yep. Like it's just, Oh, and you've got it. I shouldn't say you've got it with the MLS team coming yeah. to Charlotte. New Charlotte it's, team coming. It, it's so easy to get swept up in that. So it's true. It's true. All right, Kyle. Well, the stage has been set for the second season of geek catch up retro sports league challenge. And we will be back with all the stats and outcomes of our first eight games right after this quick break. Chris's top five football video games of all time. Number five. The original football game with the dominant Bo Jackson, the one we're talking about today, Tecmo Super Bowl. Number four. My favorite sports game from the Xbox 360 era, and I can't wait for this franchise to come back, but it's NCAA Football 2010. Number three. This is the original cause of CTE, NFL Blitz, but it's got to be on N64. Number two. In my humble opinion, this is the best Madden football game ever made, Madden 2005 on the original Xbox and the PS2. Number one. Absolutely one of the best fusions of pro sports and arcade chaos, and it's one that Kyle and I spent hours battling it out, NFL Street 2. Shout out to all the street games. That's a series I would love to see come back one day. Absolutely. That That is a discussion for another time, but... NBA, NFL, FIFA, bring them all back. Yep. Why not? PBA, I want to see it. I want to see Street PBA. I want to just see them put them, like remaster them or port them. Yeah. Like those games are like borderline gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We could do, if we get online O-Lyman games, let's yeah. do it. Oh, my yeah. God. O-Lyman games. <laughs> O-Lyman games. Can't handle Michael Strahan, that quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> once again there's a discussion for another time a discussion for another time the all the all o lineman games with what two or one d lineman yeah one d lineman so we fought over michael straight yeah, whoever can then, get the straight hand first and then the o lineman that was sneaky for quarterbacks was orlando pace yeah from the st louis rams at the time and, and tim ruddy <laughs> like you're in tim ruddy from the dolphins right yeah yeah Yep, they were sneaky good athletes. All right, well, let's dive back into our Retro Sports League Challenge discussion and talk some stats. The best part of playing full seasons in any sports game is obviously going to be putting up big numbers, ridiculous numbers, you know, winning the Heisman as a freshman in NCAA. However, and I don't know how you feel about this, Chris, Tecmo Super Bowl actually feels like it's keeping me in check to some degree. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. I am eating some humble pie with this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean with the stats. Like I keep having games where I think I'm having high statistical games, and then I look at the rest of the league, and I'm like, "Damn, no, I'm not." <laughs> 
Oh, well, yeah, that, that definitely applies to me, too, for for the same reasons. And But I, I'm kind of used to that because in my Madden games, even though you know I may have some blowouts in the more current times, the way I play football games, I'm very run-first. Mm. I always tend to have a lot of low statistical categories for a lot of the sexy stats. So, Oh, uh, okay. But, okay. But I know where you're coming from because pretty much – in any sports game, the computer stats outside of maybe your one or two top players that you're just feeding all the time, usually the computer's gonna wax you. Yeah, yeah. But you said you've been eating some some humble pie here as far as overall games. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I started out zero and four. After after how good the the last year's retro sports league went with Griffey. And in all my time playing football games over the last 30 years, like I, I walked into this being like, you know, I've played Tecmo before. I'd be fine. It's, you know, it's just Tecmo. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I started out a, a whopping 0-4 and was extremely dejected. Uh, yeah. And so when you see me go into some of the video game playthroughs that we put on YouTube, that's me putting on my best face, trying <laughs> yeah. to not to be too pissed off because, you know, it's been a struggle. And with an only 16-game season, you know, you go too much past five or so losses and you're you're practically going to be out of the playoffs. So my back is against the wall right now. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly difficult. And I feel like the jump from preseason mode to season mode, the computer gets way harder. Oh, for sure. That definitely gave me a false sense of security because I was doing a couple preseason games, you know, just as a warm up, get back into it after it had been a couple years since I had really played it and was winning. I won all of them, you know, handedly, no issues. And then jumped into the season and it was just the total opposite. And we'll get into it a little bit. But, you know, when we look at the stats, what's crazy is that every one of my games have been extremely close. Okay. Like, I have a difference. I'll just jump to this one stat to make my point. But my points for to points against difference is separated by two. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so my points for was 158, and my points against was 156. <sighs> I have actually scored more points yeah. than my opponents completely, but I am still lost all these games and through the first eight i did get a couple of wins so i'm three and five total okay but but yeah it's been heartbreaking yeah well three and five is good i mean we got what you have to take away is in games five through eight you're three and one. Oh, definitely a big change you know yeah. it's kind of the tale of two quarters of the season i guess yeah but but yeah like i it got me in a position where I still can get to where I need to go to be in the playoffs here. Right. But I pretty much am going to have to win out for the most part. It could be a struggle. I mean, looking at yeah, your standings, who, who's winning the division? Like, if you're sitting at three and five. I am in third place in the NFC South right now behind uh, the Saints, who are five and one. So I'm two and a half games behind the Saints. Two and a half, okay, okay. And then the Bucks are in second place. And then the Falcons, which is kind of interesting because they are actually one of the top offensive teams in my game across the entire NFL. Yeah. They are in last place. So they've got some similar stuff going on with them as I do with just, 
close games, you know, staying competitive, but just can't can't get over the hump. Can't get over the hump. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you, I mean, I don't know if you're quite in having to win out territory. You you might be able to sneak in as a wild card, but it isn't. You you've set yourself up for an uphill battle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It is completely night and day from how our last seasons went, and and I all it's all I can think about was like not quite the same. This must have been how Kyle felt last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was. <laughs> you know that I I felt like I was telling the you all the time. Is on. <laughs> I, I was so frustrated all the time last year because you want to win. You want to play well. Like, I, what I will say is, like, I I was, like, 500 for the most part last year, I think, maybe, or something like that. Like, I was, oh, I was keeping it competitive. Right. I never went, like, I, I feel bad for saying it in this way. I never quite went as bad as where you are now, like, as for win percentage. Yeah. And we're like, and really start to get nervous. Like, I, and I always kept the confidence that I would go on a streak because baseball is streaky. True. Um, you know, football is a little different. It's each game matters tremendously. Uh, I, I will say I've had a few close games. My season's been a little different because it's almost alternated between like total blowout and then close game. Okay. And then total blowout and then close game. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts that it was a computer assistance situation, which I, which I thought existed in this game, and I still think exists in this game, where if you start, like, housing a couple teams, then the computer's going to adjust against you. Right. And so, I, you know, my first game of the season, I waxed the Denver Broncos, and it, it's out there on YouTube. We're, we're going to make sure to post it, check it out. But, I, I mean, I waxed them hard. And then in my second game, the Eagles bounced back and gave me some serious trouble. <laughs> like it so does the, do it, yeah. I, whether it's super deliberate or or whatnot, like there is a feel to it that if you do well, then the computer starts playing better against you, and if you struggle, then they don't. And and I had some of similar things, but like I kept thinking, okay, when I was struggling, I was like, oh man, I should come in and be able to get an easy victory, and it. It just something kept going wrong, you know. I couldn't yeah. get the tackle, or or coming up against a couple really really beasty rushers that just put 150 yards on me easy. You know, it was just always like something just oh yeah kept squeaking out over me. Yeah, well, and the rushers. It's interesting that you highlighted trying to stop a good running back because that is what I've had trouble doing. And the games that are close, or the games that I feel like the computer is working against me. It's the running backs. Like, when they break one, they break one. Oh, yeah. And it's ridiculous. I think in my second game against the Eagles, LaShawn McCoy was basically unstoppable. Yeah. And he had, like, two or three insane breakout runs and literally <laughs> went for 259. Wow. Yeah, and I was I'd like, believe what, it. what the hell is that about? I think he's actually the top rusher in my game. So, like, he must be uh, okay. maybe the best running back in the game in this year possibly it's possible that seems consistent yeah i mean it would make sense for someone like that to be strong in tech mobile i'd have a tough time believing in the 14 15 era that lashaw mccoy is the best running back in the league sorry eagles fans yeah (laughs) he was on the back half or back end of his prime years i think at that point Yeah. yeah yeah so what is your so what is your overall record right now so my overall record is seven and one Ugh, yeah. crushing me. Yeah, seven and one. <laughs> I I had a really strong start to the year. Uh, like I said, I, I blew out 
the Broncos, then had a nail biter against the Eagles, but squeaked out the win. And then I play the Jaguars. That one's also out there on YouTube. Blew them out worse than I blew the Broncos out. That felt really good as an AFC South fan. Nice. <laughs> and then I had a tough matchup against the Titans. That was another close one. Rivalry game. Yeah, a tough matchup against the Ravens in game five, but ended up winning both. Ultimately ended up winning both. But the biggest game, uh, ultimately, then I then I played Houston, which was a solid game and a solid win. And I was, I was like, oh, man, I'm... I'm rolling up here waiting for one of these teams to basically just screw me over. Like nothing I can do. It, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. They're going to beat me. They're going to be unstoppable. They're going to pick all my plays. I'm going to get blitzed every down. <laughs> and that came in game seven. Okay. And that, that came for me in game seven. There was nothing I could do to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. Like, yeah. And they were undefeated at the time. Really? That Going into that game, that was a 6-0 and against a 5-0. and Wow. Like, they had already had their bye. And so they were 5-0 and and I was 6-0. and And Giovanni Bernard legitimately had, like, 146 rushing yards in the first half. Oh, I believe it. it it's like, the, I was, I wrote, I wrote down, like, this is the definitive moment where I believed that the computer assistance was out to get me. <laughs> that there was nothing I could do to beat the Bengals. And Andy Dalton was like... Ken Stabler, he, you couldn't, he, like, he was ridiculous. He, you know, he was scrambling all over the place. He was just whipping the ball around. Like, he was the snake, man. He couldn't be stopped. Yeah. And yeah. and then I had to watch your game against the Bengals, and I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, clearly they're not that good. No, but, I mean, you saw Giovanni Bernard in the game that we put on YouTube with me. Yeah. Had, like, 200 yards or something in that game, and was pretty much their whole offense. Andy Dalton wasn't quite as bad, but... I couldn't stop Giovanni Bernard to save my life and like barely came out of that game with a win. Yeah, yeah, that was a nail biter. Definitely go check out Chris's game against the Bengals. It was it was pretty good. Like and as far as the games on on YouTube right now, it it's it really is it kind of tells the tale of our different seasons because mine are just two insane blowout wins with like a ton of cool plays so it's definitely worth the watch while yours are just nail biters yeah complete drama from beginning to end yeah but as far as the division goes i i kind of looked at it and hadn't thought about it until doing a little bit of prep i'm actually four wins away from clinching wow yeah because the next best team in the afc south for me is houston and they're three and five okay yeah you, you're way ahead and that that actually has happened in in my game. I was looking through all of the different divisions, and most of them are very tight. Yeah. But then there's one, and it's actually the Broncos are seven and zero. You know, far and away best team in my game, and they've pretty much like locked up. It seems the AFC West, but all the NFC teams like Philly was six and one, but you know Dallas and some of them are right there. And then the rest of the divisions were, you know, somewhere between three and five wins and within, you know, two games. And so it seemed like it still is, for the most part, anybody's, you know, season. And I'm kind of banking on that, being that I'm only two, two, two and a half games back from the Saints. But I also was thinking that I haven't played a whole lot of in-division games. Hmm. Like, I feel like I still have a lot of divisional games left in the back half of the season for whatever reason. 
And so that might be my one saving grace is that if I can win the right games, yeah, then I could still squeak out maybe even a division win, which would guarantee me a playoff spot. But, you know, the Saints are looking pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's interesting because I've already played everyone in my division once. I may have already played and just wasn't paying enough attention to it. But for some reason, I was thinking I had only played two. Yeah. And I have to go back and look. I didn't get a chance before we sat down here. But but I was thinking that somehow I had only played two. And so I was going to have a lot of division games in the back half. Because I played the Bengals. I played the Seahawks. like I, I played the Ravens. I played a lot of non-division games for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. We'll see. In my game, the AFC is like not competitive at all. Ooh. Like it, it's pretty much like the Bills are seven and one, the Bengals are seven and zero, oh, the Steelers are six and two. I'm seven and one, and then the Chiefs are five and two with the Chargers at four and four. And then there's a huge drop off after that. Versus the NFC is very reflective of what you're seeing. Where like every division is crazy tight. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, every division, with the exception, ah, even even the NFC West, uh, where you know the Seahawks are seven and zero, the Cardinals are still right there at six and one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Everyone else is in the four and four, five and two range. Yeah. See, the highest in my NFC was the Eagles at six and one. Yeah. And then everybody else is below it. And then there's, I mean, it's almost like there's. The whole league is competitive because then on the AFC side, it's just the Broncos. Right. Everybody else is in that three, four, five win territory. So, it, it, like I said, it might be my saving grace. I still have to win the games, you know, but I'm hoping that uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel if I can get some breaks. Right. Yeah, I hope so. Well, you, and you did have to play. Uh, you had to play Seahawks, which they made the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. And so that's tough. And I've got the Patriots coming up who also made the Super Bowl that year in real life. However, the Patriots are not playing very well in my season. They're like they're like two and five or something crazy. Good. <laughs> yeah. But oddly enough, they all like Brady is still right up there in all statistical categories. Sure. Of course. <laughs> Well, speaking of stats, why don't we jump in? Because that's kind of the meat and potatoes here of of what we like to do with these challenges is to compare the difference in gameplay and ultimately with sports, that means kind of your stats and how they come up, some of the top players and, and whatnot that we've seen. So why don't we jump into that, Kyle, and why don't you give us a little bit about your offensive stats? Yeah. Since you've been a powerhouse. <laughs> right, yeah, just going at it. Well, it, it's pretty much, it all comes down to one guy who's leading the team. He's my captain. I'm rocking the jersey. It's <laughs> it's Andrew Luck. Like, Andrew Luck has been just stellar for me this season. I'm sitting on a ton of yardage for passing, and I've, I've already got 1,863 passing yards. But here's the thing. I only have 255 rushing yards. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, you don't need to run the ball when you can pass like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. No need to run the ball when Andrew Luck is just straight dominating people. He's 62 for 85. He's got a, a damn near 73% completion rating. Like I said, he's got 15 touchdowns on the year. He's only thrown two picks. He's just absolutely crushing. He's got 47 yards rushing as well. <laughs> oh, he was always a little mobile. Yeah, he's always a little mobile, so he's just been the key to my whole offense. Like, 
And the wide receiver core of the 2014-15 Colts is just unreal because T.Y. Hilton was a rookie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we've got Reggie Wayne on the top side, Hakeem Nix, which isn't stellar, but he's a name. Yeah, he wasn't bad at times, yeah. Yeah, Hakeem Nix, I'm pretty confident he has a Super Bowl win with the Giants. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton on the other side, Dwayne Allen playing tight end. It, it's the running back core that's been a little rough, and I, I'm going to eat my words a little bit uh, because I was praising Trent Richardson a <laughs> lot in in my one playthrough because I was like, you know, look, on paper, he he's actually still okay. Like his numbers, his attributes in the game in itself are, are still fine, so that's really all you need. You don't, in video game world, you don't need like real-life factors right. like you just need good stats but uh and so i was all confident and happy with him but i pulled him by game five and put in a mod bradshaw <laughs> so like it, and it's just been luckily i haven't had to run all that much and i've really been able to work the offensive playbook like pass wise to my advantage and and keep luck and i there you go back and you watch i figured if you go back and you watch all my games the the streak to Reggie Wayne in dire moments. Oh, yeah. You hit it a few times. Yeah, yeah. You, you can hit that a few times and just get a quick, like, just boom, touchdown. Or And when that's not there, like I said earlier, like how great it feels to do a little rollout. And then when the, the streak isn't there, do the dump off down the middle. T.Y. Hilton is racking up the receiving yards because he, he is in that slot receiver role for me. So so he he's dominating. So for me, it, it is all pass. I was like, what does it look like on your end? Because you've got Cam Newton. You have some offensive threats, but it does sound like your offense hasn't shaped up. Yeah, I think this is a spot where your additional experience with the game really shines. And seeing the YouTube videos and, and kind of looking at direct comparisons of gameplay, you can see that you're just the more mature passer more established, and then, of course, Andrew Luck and your receiving core are superior in the passing game than Cam Newton and yeah. the Carolina Panthers receiving core. Because at that time, I'm pretty much sitting on a young Kelvin Benjamin who never lived up to the hype. Mm. And then uh, on the other side, I've got Jericho Cotri, who I think was kind of a little bit of a veteran at that time, not super athletic. Yeah, that was his time post-Jets. Exactly. Yeah, we were second team. Yeah. And then Greg Olson, who I think was still a little bit younger, and so he's solid at tight end, but I have nobody really that can burn it down the field, get a lot of separation. Honestly, Benjamin drops a lot of balls. I've had a lot that have just hit him and oh, bounced off, Yeah, which is really frustrating. Uh, but Cam Newton, you know, the, the name of the game is the stats, you know, are, are fairly realistic. And he has terrible completion percentage. Oh. He makes a lot of overthrows and misthrows and things like that. So even when I've got a guy wide open, I'm just not hitting him. Yeah. And anybody that's paid attention to Cam Newton over the years, they know that that's how he is in real life. The dude just throws balls over people's heads. It was always his biggest issue. Yeah. Uh, so that really has, I think, made it harder for me to compete because when I get in some of these bad situations – I don't have that confidence that like, okay, I can just go run a pass play and get uh, a long third down or, or whatever it may be, or a big score. That clock in this game runs fast. Oh yeah. And yeah. The, you know, the games are fairly short. So if you're really in a position where you need to try and score in under a minute or something like that, like I just really 
don't have that in most cases. Occasionally, sure. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen, but not consistently. So when you look at how you've got, you know, 1,800 plus yards, you've got about 1,000 passing yards more than me. So right now, Cam Newton's passing is 801 yards. I, I think he's got eight total touchdowns, but I've got nine interceptions. Oh, dang. Yeah. So the passing game is just really struggling right now uh, compared to my run game where, where I've got 12 rushing touchdowns and Newton has nine of them. Yeah. So he's still coming up for me on that side, especially when I get in the red zone. He's beastie. Yeah. So that's been good. But a lot of it comes down to, to just how I play football games. I'm a run-first guy, like I said earlier. Right. I don't typically have the big flashing passer, but I also only have 809 rushing yards. So I'm like dead even, 801 passing, 809 rushing. But I don't feel like the balance pays off as much in this game as it does for me in Madden. Right. And so I think that that's kind of causing me some struggle. Like, I almost felt like I need to just kind of be one or the other. And it seems like I'm going to have to pass a lot more in the second half of the season here because I'm just going to need more points to kind of just make sure I get these wins. Yeah. And we're going to have to see if it works out. Yeah, and it's true. The game favors passing. Like, as much as Bo Jackson is a legend, Barry Sanders is a legend for the original game, the game does favor critical moments you need to have your go-to. And I think I have greatly benefited from in times of need, in a third and ten, I know that I can count on Reggie Wayne and or T.Y. Hilton to make a play. You know, and I have the confidence that Luck's going to get it there. Yeah, it could be one particular play or two particular plays that you you have a go-to uh have you thought about changing the playbook to kind of adjust to those needs well i did that just recently okay so i played through the first eight games with the plays that i picked and just after the eight games were done and i was going back in and i was grabbing stats for this discussion i actually that was when i sat down i was like i need to go and make sure i change my plays try and mix it up a little bit see if that'll help you know, see if I can I can get something that gets my guys more open, yeah. or you know, whatever it may be. Because um, right now I'm I'm the 31st overall offense in the entire league. I am Whew. second to last yeah. in the entire NFL, and in the NFC I am absolutely dead last. Damn. And what's crazy is that my fellow teams in the NFC South are all top 10 offenses in the NFC. Wow. Yeah. That's so it's crazy. yeah. Like the the Falcons have the top passing yards with Matt Ryan. You know, the Saints are the Saints. They've been putting up offense, you know, since the beginning of time with Drew Brees. Yeah. And and so it's just been been real tough. Yeah, that that I'm I'll tell you, as as strong as I have been in the past game, my run game being so bad is actually keeping me from being in a top category for total offense. I'm only fourteenth in total offense. Okay. Uh, looking at it, the Panthers are actually 20th. Oh, so they're doing better than I am. <laughs> yeah, with a similar divide, though, because in my game, the Panthers have uh, 1,105 passing and 927 rushing. Well, you got to think, like, that time we were a run-heavy team, and on the roster here, 
your running backs. I mean, hey, Cam Newton runs, so you've got him. Yeah. And then you've got D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, who were the infamous double trouble. Double trouble. Back, you know, and at that time, actually, or maybe just before 2015, they were one of the first tandems, I don't know if ever, but it, maybe in a long time, where two backs got over 1,000 rushing yards. Yeah. And, you know, they were beastie. And then we got Mike Tolbert, a young Mike Tolbert at uh, fullback. So, yeah, I mean, the, the team is built to run. And so I do find that it is mostly successful. But, you know, as you said, like, it really feels like you got to have a pass game to, to have real winning success in yeah. the Super Bowl. When, and if not, you need to get a couple breakouts. Like, you right. need to couple have 70, 80 yard just runs where you get a quick score and then you can go back on defense. Well, and you don't get that with these guys because even though they'll break some tackles and they're they're good right off the snap, none of these guys are super fast in the game. Yeah. So it doesn't have that like breakaway speed. You know, even if I get open and I get 10, 20 yards, and you might have seen in some of the videos, like almost always get caught at yeah. some point, you know? Sure, sure. You got to work that weave. Right. Got to work the old school. Well, you try, up, but up and still, down weave. Like, yeah, eventually oh, yeah. they're going to catch you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the defenders are crazy fast for, like, right. no reason sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, everybody's LT and can just hunt you down. Yeah. So, if you had that many passing yards, I don't think you mentioned, but how many passing touchdowns do you have? 15. 15. Okay. okay. Yeah. 15 passing touchdowns. I am not leading the league. I'm actually. Tied for seventh. Wow. With 15 passing touchdowns. Yeah. So Rodgers is leading the league with 22. Then Brady at 19. And like I said, that's the crazy thing about Brady. He's 19 touchdowns and the pa- the Patriots are nowhere near playoff contention. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, good old Tony Romo coming in. T- uh, so there's Tony Romo, uh, Robert Griffin III, and good old Fitzy Magic. Oh yeah, always tied for three, four, five with eighteen, and then Ryan Tannehill, but the not the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, right? Yeah, the, the Dolphins version Tannehill of Tannehill one Yeah, it's, yeah, Tannehill one <laughs> and then even fucking McCown, Luke, like Luke McCown, Luke McCown for the Buccaneers is tied with fifteen passing touchdowns, and Roethlisberger and Brian Hoyer is in there as well. So, like, it's so weird. Like, I have all this yardage, and I'm dominating yardage. It, it, it's, yeah, the other guys are just, you know, like, I'm number one in yards, like, far and away. Number one in yards, but not for passing touchdowns. But that also plays into my strategy a little bit, uh, where I have a tough time passing the ball inside 20 yards. Uh, doing short passes. Doing short passes because the game... And then just the way football works in general, like the shorter the field, too many bodies squished up in one area, it's easier for a defense to do zone type stuff. Right. And it negates a lot of my streak style passes. Right. Uh, and I don't like throwing into coverage. I mean, who does? So I typically run when I get within 15 to 20. Well, and it's a little harder to read the passing game, or at least for me, in. Tecmo Super Bowl because of the left to right yeah. orientation versus the top and bottom. You know, in Madden, and it's also conditioning at this point after so long. Yeah. But in all the modern Maddens, when they move that camera angle to to behind the quarterback, essentially, 
you kind of get used to everything being in front of you and you can see it all play out the way it does when you watch it on TV for the most part or how it would if you were actually in the game playing. Right. And with Tecmo, you've got that top down, left, right. So I feel like it's a little tougher to both be like watching your position as your player. Like, so, you know, you drop back as Cam Newton. Yeah. You're trying to weave in and out of the pocket, not to get sacked or anything like that. But then also reading who's actually open. Yeah. It's just a little different. No, and I agree. And especially if you miss it, because as soon as the ball's hiked, you kind of do, you have to keep your eye on the safety or the corner. Cause if, and if they drop or don't drop, because if you don't see it happen when the ball gets hiked, and you lose track, you will throw into coverage, and inter- interceptions right. happen on a whim. Like they, you know, they're very common. Uh, despite I said I only have only thrown two this season, like it's much easier to throw an interception uh, because basically, if it's it feels fifty fifty. If you throw into coverage, you're you're looking at fifty fifty. Yeah, it's one or the other in this game. So last thing I think offensively that we didn't cover, do you have uh, your points per game, what you're averaging? Oh, my average points per game. I don't know if I have my average, but what I can do, of course, is just look at my total and then we can just do some math and that'll be (laughs) that'll be fun. Carry the one and carry the one. And what is it? So I've scored 206 in eight games. Okay. Okay. So I'm averaging just under 26 okay wow yeah yeah so you're averaging pretty much like a whole touchdown ahead of me because i'm averaging just shy of 19 wow okay yeah it doesn't seem like a huge difference being that like i'm three and five and you're seven and one with such different stats but that that also feels like a lot in a in a game like this yeah it does and i say the other key to my offense has been adam vinatieri Oh, yeah, he's like the greatest kicker of all time. Yeah, so I have all the confidence. <laughs> like, I basically, I've missed two field goals. I'm six I'm six and eight on field goals this year, but both of them are my fault. Like, they're not Adam Vinatieri's fault. It's, you know, it's like when your thumb slips when you're going to oh, kick in that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, I screwed it up. It, it had nothing to, you know, his leg didn't come up short. It wasn't some BS accuracy thing. Like, it was me legitimately like missing the the moment when I had to hit a sure so sure. that that's been a key part of my offense my special teams has been key you know before we move on to defense I you know I need to give a shout out to my special teams because Adam Vinatieri 44 points on the season he's 26 for 26 on extra points he's six for eight on field goals Dante Moncrief has two kick return touchdowns wow. he's the only person in the league to have a kick return touchdown. Uh, and unfortunately he did get hurt in game seven, but that's all right. I just put T Y Hilton back there and that's worked out nicely. That's a hard thing to do in this game is to return kicks. Oh yeah. It, it, so that's it is. You did it twice. I did it twice. One was kind of like a, a silly, they went for an onside kick and I got it in the right spot and then just had a, had a breakaway. Uh, um, but the other one was like legitimate. It was like an 80 yard return. So leading the league in return yardage there. Uh, the, the other big one uh, is Pat McAfee. Yeah. The punter. Pat McAfee is crushing when I have to punt. Like it's rare. It's rare that I have to punt, but when I do, he kicks boomers. <laughs> and it's it's awesome. Like it's one of the most satisfying things 
in the entire game because like he legitimately just crushes he just crushes punts i'm averaging almost 60 yards a punt that's funny you say that so you definitely i think have got me on the field goal kicking graham gano has definitely never been uh, quite as good as adam vinatieri he definitely doesn't have the playoff and championship pedigree right but solid kicker in his prime so i'm 18 of 20 on extra points it's pretty much because of like you said, you know, you miss the alignment. It's kind of a tough kicking mechanic anyways because that arrow is unforgiving. It moves so fast. Yeah. Um, two out of three on field goals, so I haven't really kicked a ton of field goals yet. But uh, but Brad Nortman, my punter, yeah, he, he's up there with what you're saying. He's number one overall. Yep. So, you know, that's my claim to fame here is that out of all of the NFL – I've got the best punter. For the brand. And for the brand. For the brand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's averaging 59.1 yards. Oh, okay. So yeah. Sounds like we've got some similar punting going on. Yeah, we do. I, I was being exciting. A, a little giving. <laughs> McAfee's average for me is 56.6. Ah, okay. Okay. We see he was really closer to 60 now. Yeah, but he's only <laughs> he's got 283. He's only punted five times. Oh no! I think I, I didn't grab it, but I think I've punted like ten times or something. Twelve. Oh, it's okay. been more. Yeah, but Vinatieri is really the key because I've had two two game winning field goals in the final thirty seconds. Wow! Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and that was my game against the Ravens, and then uh, my game against the Titans. Like I uh, two clutch kicking moments at the end of a game. Like, and your heart gets racing. Like, because you know, like, if I miss this, this is a loss. Right. And, and it's going to be bad. And we got glory on the line here. <laughs> right? Yeah, and all the glory. The highly respected Retro Sports League Challenge. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, we've covered offense. We've covered special teams. Let's get into what I, I believe in this era of our teams, your team probably takes the advantage over mine, and that's defense. Yeah, the Panthers have long been a defensive team, and so that did help out here. They've got some good names on the team. It wasn't quite the defense that we saw the year after when we went to the Super Bowl, but young Luke Keekley is here. Nice. Um, you've got a Roman Harper in the backfield who was solid, Thomas Davis, and then the Kraken Greg Hardy for his blip of <laughs> goodness is all I'll say. But he is on this team, and he is contributing, so – we can wrap it up here with the defensive yards. I, I love playing good defense in a football game. Right. You know, it, it's boring football, but when I play Madden, I'm going to run it down your throat, yep. drain the clock, and then I'm going to get it back from you when I play defense. So that's how I roll. And uh, so it's like night and day with my team. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you probably could garner this from the fact that my point spread was so close between points allowed and points given. But my defense is 10th overall in the NFL and 8th overall in the NFC. I've only given up 2,015 yards. And uh, that has been the one saving grace to keep me in these games despite my lack of offense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not bad. It's, it's respectable. It's respectable. I, I gotta, I, I'm boasting a little bit. I am, I am 4th in total defense. Ooh. And I've only given up uh, 1,793 yards in nice. total offense. And I tell you, like, people uh, just can't pass on me. Really? Like, I, I, yeah, I've only given up 617 passing yards. 
Wow. In eight yeah. games. In eight That's games. That's impressive. Yeah. But my my run defense is abysmal. I have the worst run defense in the league. I've given up over a th- 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards in rushing. Like I said, Giovanni Bernard, Sean Green, and LaShawn McCoy all like went for 200-plus yards per game on me and just couldn't stop them. See, that's interesting because my defensive passing allowed, I've allowed 964 yards. So that was good enough in my game, at least, for third overall passing defense. So okay. it really kicked me up there. Yeah. But then my rushing yards allowed was 1,051. So I've almost got the same dynamic of like this perfect 50-50 on offense and defense. Yeah. But but in my game, allowing over 1,000 rushing yards, I'm the 31st overall rushing defense so i'm like literally at the top of the barrel for passing and the bottom of the barrel for rushing and there's only a hundred yard spread between the two so like that is really kind of how close yeah everything is lining up in my version of the game that's kind of wild that that's real wild i mean i'm similar just flip it just best pass it, defense yeah. worst yeah worst rush defense and I, I don't know for me i think it's because i drop back i take robert mathis on the high side and I drop back and usually play pass defense and kind of commit that if they run, I'll, I'll go for the tackle. Sure. Like I'm, I'm responsible for that. And so obviously with everyone running all over me, uh, like I, I, cause I, when I play defense, I don't pick run plays. Always pick pass. Like I, I, I always pick pass because I want my corners to always cover the pass. That way, like they cover the deep ball, and then I can cover anything in the middle. Yeah, and and get at least the first person to the ball if it's a run. That's not a bad idea. I might have to steal that a little bit and see if it helps out. Because one thing that I have noticed in my game, and probably because I pick kind of go back and forth between run and pass when I'm playing defense, is that I do give up some big pass plays. Yeah. You know, it won't be every time, but in like the worst scenarios, they'll just hit like a 40 yard wide open. Nobody's even on him. Oh, yeah. Kind of shot. And then he'll run all the way down the field. Whereas playing the run can definitely hurt you, but it's harder for them to get that big of a gain. Yeah. When they're on the ground. I should probably mix it up, but. Then again, I'm seven and one. I'm so saying maybe, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. I just always have it in my head like that exact situation where you said when you've got one of the two outside receivers streaking and you see that nobody's on them, that's like a, that's a panic nightmare mode yeah, for me yeah. in Tech Mobile. And it could be the the CPU doesn't always take that pass. But if they do, but my history, <laughs> but my history with the game and playing against human competitors, they're always going to see it and they're always going to like burn you. Yeah. Um, so it's that fear that if they, like you said, if they do, it's going to be bad. Uh, so by extension of all that, I only have five team interceptions. I see. That's what I was about to ask was what your interceptions were to see if they were much different from mine. Yeah, there was only five. So I know, you know, like I said, I've got the CPU covering. I have a lot of, if it tracked incompletes and kind of like knockdowns and things like that, I think that would be high. Swats. Swats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Swats. I was actually, I'm sorry, I was like, man, what is that stat called? And so, yeah, my interceptions are low. Sacks are high. I have 27 team sacks. See, that's the thing, the difference here. So I had I had five interceptions too. Okay. So that's kind of interesting that, you know, you're playing such better 
pass defense, but we've got the same amount of interceptions. Throw it out there. I have four fumble recoveries. Ooh, nice. But for sacks, I, I mean, I thought I was going to get you on this one. I was like, oh, okay, here's the one stat I'm going to get you on. <laughs> but it's not too far of a distance if you had 27. I have 31 sacks through eight games. Nice. You know, I've got uh, Colin Cole, who really isn't around much, I think, in the NFL anymore, but was a, probably a young rookie or somebody on the team at the time. But he's crushing it. Um, he's first overall in the league with 12 sacks himself. Okay. And then the Kraken is tied for second with nine. Luke keekley has got three sacks in there, but that really has been like the one standout on my team defensively has been that I do get to the quarterback. You know, what is that? Four plus times, four and a half times a game. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that, that's solid. At least bringing the pressure. Right. At least, you know, which is key. I, uh, you know, with 27 team stats, it's weird because I don't really have any one particular person that's leading the charge. It, it's peppered all over the place. And I think probably because I choose Robert Mathis. So, like, normally he would be getting those sacks. Yeah, and you're pulling him back. And I'm pulling him back. I, the two people leading my team, uh, well, I guess Robert Mathis is leading my team. I have six sacks. But it is Fran- Francois. He has six, but everything else, but that only accounts for 12. So there's still 15 more sacks out there that are spread out amongst my team. Wow. Yeah. So you got a lot going on there. Yes. Yeah, mine was a little bit more consolidated. I think it was like six, uh, five players, something like that, that had all 31. Yeah. So once again, it's kind of an extension. Like in, in my modern day football gaming, I am notorious for being a D-line player. I like to just house the offensive lineman and put a lot of pressure on the other player's quarterback when I'm playing Madden. So I have mostly stuck in there playing as Cole and Hardy, yeah, just trying to get through. And maybe it was also some frustration where I was like, I just need to stop this before it starts and like yeah. get in and just sack him. <laughs> but the challenge is, is that a lot of times, like if they do a sweep run or anything like that, you know, I get pancaked by the lineman, or even if I do get into the quarterback, he's already given the ball off and I'm out of position. You can't change players on defense after the ball is snapped, so you're pretty much at the whim of whatever the yep. computer defense does for you. Because it takes a while to recover from getting pancaked. Like, if you get put on the ground, oh, yeah. it's what, like, I don't know, five or ten seconds before you get up, so the guy's gone. Yeah, the guys, yeah, you're never catching. And the accelerated clock? Like, it's definitely uh, a while there. Mm-hmm. Now, are the Panthers a 3-4 or a 4-3? Four, 4-3. Three? Four, three. So, okay, so this is one of, like, there's a handful of slight changes from the original Tecmo Super Bowl and the modded version we're playing. Like, obviously, updated teams as the Panthers didn't exist uh, when the original one came out. Right. The schedule's a little different. Uh, the other change is you can actually change your playbook in the middle of the game, and you can't do that in the other one. I didn't know you could do that. I thought I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, on the on the drop down menu in game, you can go down to playbook uh, and you can actually change your plays okay. mid game, which you, you can change your plays in the original, but you can't do it mid game. But the biggest one, all of these changes are inconsequential to the actual gameplay for the most part. The one that impacted me the most, and I'm thankful, is the Colts play a three four, and in the original game. Everybody played a 3-4. Okay, okay. There, there was no 4-3 defense. And so it created this for a no, the, the nose tackle 
when the ball is hiked, you can just go up and around the center real quick. You actually don't even have to engage with the center. You can make a quick cut to go to cut the hole. And that's harder for me to do when I'm playing with a 4-3 defense. Like, naturally, that's just how football works, Kyle. Like, like there's just more bodies there, so that's going to be harder. But that that, that would be a thing if I were to choose a D-lineman, how I would choose to do it. And I think I would struggle with your defense in that strategy with four D-linemen. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Sometimes you get straight through. A lot of times you get pancaked. Uh, I've done some dropping back here and there. If I really think that they're going to do a, a pass play, I'll try and pull somebody back out of desperation. But but just really nothing has stuck Yeah, as like, yes, this is going to work. So uh, I feel like I, I was making some strides and and doing some things better as the time went on in the season. And and I was learning, you know, probably more than I had in, in a long time with this game. Right. Really stick to my statement about humble pie i feel like (laughs) i had to kind of get over myself in those first couple of games because i had a lot of confidence play a lot of games play a lot of football games you know whatever oh yeah and and i've played a lot of tech Bowl over the years but not nearly as much as you have i know that for a fact and and not a whole lot recently or even in the last you know probably five years so yeah uh it all caught up to me and and so now I've got to fight for my life to, you know, make this back half of the season competitive. Otherwise, you are absolutely going to take the crown from me. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I still have to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> One, I have to still make the playoffs. And then I have to win throughout the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Like, it is not an easy road for either one of us. But, uh, yeah, I think muscle memory for me absolutely is coming into play, given that little bit of history. But I, I'm confident, you know, you make a couple handful of changes, like maybe change your playbook maybe change who you're picking on defense. And I, I think when we come back to this and, and, and finish off the season, it'll be a different story. Hopefully. Well, what a difference a season makes as the tables have completely turned for Kyle and I as his Colts have taken a commanding lead in the AFC of his game while my Panthers are floundering in mine. Thankfully, there is still a long way to go before this season's Retro Sports League challenge is over, and I'm going to be doing all I can to make the playoffs as I refuse to give up the crown that easily. But jump on social media and let us know what your thoughts are about Tecmo Super Bowl, and be sure to keep an eye out for the conclusion of this challenge in May. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this chapter, be sure to hit the subscribe button to get new chapters of Geek Catch-Up every two weeks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to follow the show on social media, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube at Geek Ketchup Podcast, or on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Ketchup Pod. Links to all these accounts are in the show notes below and on our website, geekketchuppodcast.com. Stay saucy, you nerds.